Hi guys and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. Obviously me, your host Martin. Um, today I'm going to talk about a subject that concerns me. Something that I see lots of traders doing, especially newer traders, that really concerns me. And that is the concept of running before you can walk. So I've noticed recently, and this has probably always gone on, but uh, you know, just something I've picked up on a lot more recently is that a lot of traders seem to be using live stakes, often quite large stakes, basically as soon as they start trading. Um, you know, not giving themselves time to learn the profession, not giving themselves, really not giving themselves a chance to be successful with that money because they're essentially running before they can walk. They're jumping in at the deep end, um, which, you know, if you're trying to learn to swim, I don't think they chuck people in at the deep end anymore and just think, well, they'll either learn to swim or they'll drown. And that's not really a strategy that works with Betfair trading because where Betfair trading really excels itself is when you gain the knowledge and you get the skill and you get the confidence and that's when you start to make the right decisions. When you don't have any of those things, it's very difficult for you to make the right decisions. In fact, what I've seen time and time again is it's actually very difficult for people to follow good instruction, even in that situation, because the emotions and everything else just play such a big part of it. So I'm really concerned that people are getting live stakes in straight away. And the problem with this is that it, where does it leave you? You know, where does it leave you to go when it doesn't work, which invariably it won't if you take that approach? You know, let's say you have a bankroll and you lose that bankroll. Were you ready for that? Was that something you, you know, had accepted before you started? Because I feel like if your approach is to jump in at the deep end too quickly, then you almost should just go, well, I have to write that money off because, you know, it's just a bit of fun. I don't. I don't even know. But the and I get it. I get why people do it. I'm not having a go at anyone who's done this because I do get why there's this temptation or why even there's a school of thought that you should just dive straight in with real money and and often quite large stakes. Um, but the problem is, like I say, you're running before you can walk, and there's a reason that phrase exists, right? I've got a little. Um, one-year-old, just turned one this weekend. He's always trying to run about the place, falling on his face, left, right and centre. But he's lucky because we're there to protect him. We're there to pick him back up again. And if we weren't, he'd seriously injure himself, you know, um, because babies don't have any concept of danger. Babies don't really have any concept of fear. So there's... There's a lot of things in that that are similar to starting as a Betfair trader. The problem is, you know, when you do these things with staking over staking, sure, we can help pick you up emotionally, but physically, you know, there's no one there to pick you up, right? There's no one at your house unless you've got some sort of sugar daddy situation. It's unlikely someone's just going to go, well, here you go, have another, have another few grand to, to blow before you're ready to trade. So... I really want people to take this message seriously and think about, you know, if you're using live stakes, are you ready? Is this something you've tested thoroughly first? This is the first point, and I harp on about this 
And I'm sure some of you guys are so bored of hearing me say, test, test, test before you go live with stakes. But I am going to mention it briefly here because it's such an important concept that so many people just flat out ignore. But you're doing yourself a disservice when you don't test the strategy thoroughly. The only person you're hurting is yourself, right? It doesn't make any ends to me. I don't I don't benefit from telling you this stuff. I don't I don't gain anything from telling you this. I've got no personal dog in the fight here. I'm literally telling you this for your own good. And the reason is I want to see people succeed. When I hear that people have had a rough time because they've jumped in or because they haven't tested their strategy and it turns out it wasn't a good one, then I'm kind of left with the thought of oh that's horrible. Because one thing I'm very passionate about is I don't want people to lose money. I do not want any of you to. I don't care if you're a member or not. I don't want any of you guys to lose money at trading. Because I know that there's money to be made. And I know that if you follow the steps that we give you, you will succeed. You know, we've seen it. Well, we turned 12.5% of traders who were profitable when they joined up to 60%. So that's over half of you, right? And we're working on getting that number even higher right now. So I know that this is this is very possible. And I was thinking, what is it that people are doing? Like, what what are some of the ways we can sort of improve people's trading techniques? And I'm going to talk about a couple of things here. Once you've got your data, so let's say you've been testing a strategy and you've got 500 results. I'll often talk about the concept of having a deep dive. And what I mean by that is that when I get 500 results, invariably, I will go back to the strategy and have a deep dive and really look at it. There's two things I'm looking for. The first thing is the leagues. I separate out all the leagues, all the results from every league, and I work out which leagues are being profitable, which aren't. And the leagues that are unprofitable, now I'm not talking about maybe one point down after 20 games. I'm talking about a league, you know, that's let's say it's five, six points down at that stage. I'm quite willing to get rid of that league, especially if I've got a lot of leagues anyway. Um, if it's one or two points down, I'll probably keep it and then reassess at the next 500 games interval and see if it's made some sort of recovery. But then if it goes to four or five points down, it's showing a trend that it's not profitable and I'll get rid of that league as well. So leagues are the first thing I look at. I don't just look at countries. So some people, and when I, especially when I get to like a thousand games, let's say on something, I want to look at every individual league, not just the countries. Because, you know, you might get a situation where the Premier League's really unprofitable for you, but the Championship's profitable. And this happens, right? I'll give you an example. I know for a fact I'm under 2.5s and I haven't even done this deep dive yet. I know for a fact that the Germany region, the Liga, is much stronger than the higher German tiers for this strategy. is doing a lot better. And that's counter to what a lot of people believe. A lot of people believe, oh, well, we should only trade the good, the top leagues. I often think that actually the top leagues can be some of the worst leagues to trade um, the reason being that I think bookmakers have quite a solid grasp on that. I think their computer models, X, Y, and Z, actually have a pretty solid grasp of what's going on. I don't think they're very good at lower league or smaller leagues. I really don't. Um, I often see odds and often strategies will pick out odds of, you know, 
even on the under 2.5 that we're doing where it's close to 3.0 and you'll, you'll find that actually wow these leagues are really profitable because people aren't pricing them up correctly and it doesn't matter as much either this is the other thing right because less there's less money in these markets bookmakers don't concentrate on it you know bookmakers aren't that bothered about a game that's happening in guatemala because they know they're not going to see much money placed on it but they're really worried about Manchester United playing Man City when they know there's literally going to be millions of pounds placed on this match on Betfair. And obviously with other bookies, you add up all that money, probably tens of millions over the course of a weekend will be bet or traded on one of the biggest matches. And that's what you have to consider. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we are still trying to beat these odds makers, these people who seed the money on Betfair, um, the people who are giving us the odds that we're taking. So leagues are really important. I can't stress that enough. And and when I cut the leagues in certain strategies, it's, it improves them so much. So you might even get a strategy that's you think it's either making a small profit after a few hundred games or it's about level. And then when you do the league analysis and remove the really bad leagues, you might find that your next few you know few hundred results yield a nice profit. It's the same strategy, the exact same criteria. Literally, all you've changed is the leagues. Okay, the second thing I do is I look at odds and I look at the odds that I've taken on all these selections and I try and see a pattern. So for the under 2.5 goals, I could see quite a clear pattern that games under 1.75 didn't seem to be performing that well and games where the odds were over 2.25, the results weren't doing that well. So I could see the best strategy here was between 1.75 and 2.25. Now, is this variance, is this coincidence? Maybe. What we can do is we can then look at the next few hundred results and compare. And if it's still the same, that that odds range is better than not having the odds limit at all or it's the best odds range, then brilliant. Now, you might think, well, how do I, how do I know? How do I find it? I mean, I can't just look at data and spot something. We'll test it out. When you're looking through your sheet, remove everything that's below. I mean, you can say that you're on under 2.5. I'd probably start at 1.5, which I do automatically. Then maybe I'll look at 1.6. When I remove everything below 1.6, how does it get on? When I remove everything below 1.7, 1.8. And when you get to a point where the profit goes down, then you can go, okay, that price point actually is profitable below. So I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to go any higher with this odds limit. And that's the thing, right? You know, if I remove everything between 1.5 and 1.6 and my total profit goes down significantly, I know that I should keep in 1.5 to 1.6. Then what I do is I start from the other end and I go, right, what if I cut out everything that's above 3.0? And if my profit increases, brilliant. That's not profitable. I don't need to keep in odds above 3.0. And if it keeps increasing, maybe all the way down to 2.5, I'll keep doing it. I kind of tend to go in tens, like I'll go 2.6, 2.5, 2.4, 2.3, 2 2.25 feels like quite a nice number. Something about that 25, you know, quarter of a century, I don't know. I quite often will do some little five intervals in there as well. But that's what I do. And if you've got a strategy, it's worth spending time. I mean, that takes me... I mean, if I'm concentrating and doing it properly, a couple of hours. You know, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's not as much as you think. And if it's a strategy you're willing to invest your money on, 
isn't it worth putting a couple of hours in to do that extra deep dive? Again, I'm not sure how many people are doing this. I think some people are willing to cut leagues and things like that, but are you adding in our odds filters? Are you working out which odds are actually worth trading? You know, because getting value, getting the return of investment, the best that you can, the best amount of profit you can make, it has to be worthwhile. You know, I'd be really surprised if anyone would try and argue against that with me. And that's a really important way of making sure that you're making um, the right decisions when you do whittle things down. So when you whittle things down with the leagues, with the odds filters, then compare that. So when you get your next few hundred results, do it all again and then work out, hang on, did this work better? Should I have had this odds filter? Should I have taken these leagues out? You know, I really just don't want people to be jumping in at the deep end when they're not ready because there's no rush. The other, This is the other thing, right? I, I hear so many people go, I've got a deadline. Oh, well, I've given myself till the end of the month. Well, I'm giving myself till the end of the year. And I'm just like, you don't need to give yourself a deadline, right? Because it doesn't really help. Like when you put pressure on yourself. So I'll give you an example, right? And uh, Lewis is going to hate this because I'm going to talk about driving again. Um, she says I do way too much. But when I make mistakes when I'm driving is when I feel pressure, when someone puts pressure on me. So I hadn't stalled for ages um, done quite a lot of driving this past week and I was in the car my mum was in the back seat I think I hardly have ever driven with her my dad was in the front seat I wanted to impress her I wanted to show them because like you know obviously it's been a long time and I never learnt to drive and I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, capable and confident now and I'd already been out with my dad that day and not had any issues I was backing out of my drive, reversing, you know, it's always a bit like, you're always a bit wary when you're reversing, because obviously it's really hard to get really clear vision of everything all the time while you're reversing. And my mum shouts, watch for the lamppost. And then I panicked and I stalled. It was a joke. She was just making a funny joke, apparently. Um, it wasn't very funny <laughs> at the time. And, uh, you know, actually quite dangerous, really. I was backing out onto a road. Um <laughs> No lamppost anywhere near me either, which, uh, you know. And the funny thing, this is the funny thing. I, I spoke to her later and uh, she had a dent in her car. I said, Mum, how'd you get that dent? She said, oh, I accidentally hit a lamppost. <laughs> so she made a joke about something she'd actually done. It's, uh, anyway, you can't make it up, can you? But my point is, I'd put, I'd had pressure put on me externally from my mum in that situation. It caused me to stall. When you're trading on Betfair... You can have similar situations where if you go, right, I've got to do it this week, I've got to do it this month, you're putting pressure on yourself that's unnecessary. And some of the best advice I can ever give you is just take some time to actually learn it. Take some time and enjoy it. Enjoy learning. I enjoy learning. Enjoy the process. You know, there's a lot of fun. I have so much fun doing spreadsheets and testing strategies. And I've, I've gone live with lots of strategies, but I still enjoy that. So... You know, you're at a stage in your Betfair journey where it's exciting, where you're learning and you're investing in your learning. Being a member of BetfairTradingCommunity.com is an investment in yourself. It's an investment in your learning. It's not an investment that you're going, I have to make that money back this month because that's A, that's not going to work. And B, you know, what's the end goal? Is your end goal just to make 
you know, whatever it is, an X amount of quid it costs to be a BTC member, or is your real goal to make significant profit over time and learn it properly and really learn to trade? So I really just encourage everyone, I'm not going to bleat on on this one too long because I feel like I've got my point across. Please, please, please do not put money on until you're ready. And if you're not sure, talk to us. You know, talk to us. We're here to help. I've been working with people today who've had this issue. And the only thought I ever have is, why didn't you come to me sooner? You know, I'll help anyone. I don't care. Um, you know, just just email me. Info at betfairtradingcommunity.com. Say it's for me. Just put FAO Martin as the title of the email and it'll come straight to me. And I'll help you. Um because I don't want to see people making this mistake anymore because we bleat on about it enough, <laughs> right? We bleat on about it enough that people have no real excuse anymore to be making these kinds of mistakes. And it's this sort of indiscipline that is what costs people in the long run, in the long term. People will tell you that. Anyone who's traded for a long time will tell you that it's that kind of indiscipline that will hurt you as a trader. Okay, guys, hopefully some of my advice has helped you today. Remember to listen to all the other podcasts. We've got so many out there now, um, literally hundreds. The same with our YouTube videos. Hunt so much great learning you can do just off that. Go to our YouTube channel, just called Betfair Trading Community. Beware of all the imitators. Look out for me and Ryan. We know quite a few companies try and use our name now because of the success we've had. But there's only really one great trading tutoring service and you guys hopefully you're part of it already all right guys have a great one and i'll speak to you soon